0: Welcome, my friends. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. It is Monday, October 10th. We are here live. It is a free-for-all kind of day. It means anything goes. If you have a question, a comment, a topic, anything at all you want to talk about, pick up the phone and join us. We're opening those phone lines right now, 855-950-3835. We can talk about trucks, money, fuel mileage, maintenance, tires, taxes, technology, health and fitness on the road, getting started as an owner operator, finding freight, working with brokers, getting your authority, you name it. We'll talk about it. All you have to do is pick up the phone and join us. We'll get to those calls here in just a little bit. So line them up 855 950 3835. It's all about whatever it is you want to talk about today. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about the economy, maybe a couple other things, just depends on when the calls start coming in. So if we really look at all the economic indicators that we're seeing right now, that we've been seeing for the last year or more, even we've seen a pattern starting to set up for about the last three or four years, actually. All of the indicators were negative. All of the indicators are pointing to a recession, whether we're talking about bond yields or virtually every number you look at, inflation, just about everything. Uh, Earnings, the earnings season, we're starting to see it in earnings now. Virtually everything is pointing towards a recession. We've been saying that for a while we may now be seeing that final piece of the puzzle. The one number that this administration points to when it wants to say, oh, the inflation really isn't a problem or it's transitory or it's going to go away or, well, wages are up or whatever. This administration would point to the jobs numbers and say, but look, how can we be in a recession if the jobs numbers are so strong. And in a sense, they were correct. That's an unusual thing. When all these other markers are, are signaling recession, except the jobs numbers weren't. We may be seeing the beginning of that right now. So remember, we, we look at trucking numbers and trucking data, financial data, as what we call a leading economic indicator. So there are lots of numbers we look at to see what's going on in our economy. Some are what we call leading indicators. Some are trailing indicators. Some tell us what's going on currently in the market. Trucking, for the most part, tends to be what we call a leading indicator. So we watch what's happening in trucking because there's a good chance that that will follow in the general economy. So when rates are up in trucking, which they had been for years, several years now, eventually that leads to inflation in the entire economy, which is what we've seen happen. That's where we are now. Now, though, we're starting to see another trend in trucking, and this may be a leading trend economic indicator. um, For the rest of the economy, hiring, you know, hiring new people was pretty solid um, for the rest of the economy. So they added uh, 263,000 jobs in September, and that was actually uh, a sign that they're attempt to slow down the economy with the raising interest rates might be working. Trucking though lost 11,400 jobs. So the, the economic indicators in trucking are actually confusing right now. I said, September, we actually set a record for truck orders. Well, if you're going to buy trucks, you better have drivers to fill the seats. So, Fleets seem to be buying more trucks, but hiring fewer drivers. You know, we talked about on Friday how this is going to be a really, really tough economy for fleets. Fleets have got some really interesting challenges. Uh, It's going to get very interesting when you look at what's happened with truck prices. They've gone through the roof and these fleets got stuck in a cycle where they need to replace equipment now. They've gone beyond their typical trade-in cycles. I think that's why we're seeing these big orders, uh, or at least we saw big orders in September. Uh, It could be that they haven't been able to get trucks and now some order slots are opening and as soon as those slots open, it seems like they're being filled again. So... Fleets are in a position where they're going to have to spend a lot of extra money right now. They're buying new equipment that's very expensive. We've got another round of emission standards coming up that may be driving these truck orders. But during the last three years, driver's wages have gone up significantly. And you can't take that back. You know, we were talking about that the whole time it was happening. And you really didn't have much choice. If you wanted to keep drivers in the seat, decent drivers, not great drivers, just if you wanted to keep decent drivers in the seat, you had to raise pay. Everybody was doing it. And it was, you know, it was doable because the rates were high. We're going to have to see what happens right now. Uh, Rates have pulled back. They're not horrible. They're probably at their 2018 levels, but it's going to be, challenging. And we're probably already seeing that. You know, we're seeing fewer trucking jobs because we're already hearing about bankruptcies in trucking. And you're going to see more mergers and acquisitions during a time like this. So trucking companies uh, being bought usually to get the equipment and the drivers. That's usually what, uh, what the reason trucking companies are bought not necessarily for the freight or the customers. Many times it's for the trucks and the drivers and the trailers, the equipment. So we'll keep an eye on that. That uh, is definitely uh, an indicator of what might be coming for the economy. Now, to tie into that, one of the opens I've been working on, I keep starting to bring it up, and then we get calls, and I switch over to the calls, which is fine. Um, I will probably sit down at some point and just do a recording of this. We started moving some of our shows to recorded podcasts last week. We did the first episode of The Pit that way. Um, It will be the same this week. And then there are other shows and segments that I want to start doing uh, as a podcast kind of thing. We'll always keep our live uh, Q&A Five days a week, that's not going away. That's going to stay the same. But we're going to be adding some shows and adding in some podcasts so I can cover some other topics. Um, One of the ideas, and I've talked about this many times, but I'm a big believer in this, that if you want to increase your odds of success in business, if you're going to get into business and you want to increase your odds of success, there are lots of things you can do. One of them is choose when you start. Like most things in life, we tend to get this backwards. You know, we've talked about the stock market. When people are talking about the stock market, when you're hearing the cashier at Starbucks or the grocery store talk about the stock market, that's usually when it's time to get out. Real estate, investing in real estate, when people were buying spec homes and flipping them and making a profit doing it, when everybody starts talking about that, it's time to get out. We do the opposite though. That's when the average person starts investing and they do it at the wrong time. Then the market turns around like it is now. Then they see all the money they lost in their account and they pull all the money out. We all know it's simple math. In order to make an investment work, you buy that investment at a low price, you sell it at a higher price. It's the only way it works. Unless you're talking about stocks that pay dividends, that's a whole different animal. But you buy low, sell high. We all know that. It's third grade math. Yet we tend to do the opposite. We tend to buy high when everybody's excited about the market, then the market tanks because we were at the top. And then we see our value of our account go down and what do we do? We panic at some point. Oh my God, it's not gonna stop. And then we sell. exact opposite of what we should be doing. The same thing, like I said, in real estate, happens the same way. When everybody's talking about it, when everybody has a story about how their brother-in-law just made $100,000 in a month by flipping a house, that's when everybody starts doing it. That's when it's the most difficult time to make money. There's lots of competition. So just like we tend to get most of our investment strategies completely backwards, many people do the same thing when they get into business. It seems logical. That we should want to get into business when business is good. When the economy is booming. Isn't that when we should want to get in? Isn't that where the opportunities are? Well, yes and no. I mean, there's always opportunities in business. You could always get into business and succeed. I've said many times, it's not about what the economy is doing. It's more about what you're doing. So... Yes, you can start a business at the top of an economy and succeed. I'm not saying you can't, but that's not the really important factor, and everybody thinks it is, and they would rather start a business when things look good. I've always said the opposite. I would rather start a business when things are bad, and I have several times. The current business form that it's in right now, Let's Truck, We started in 2007, so, you know, our first 12 months we were into one of the biggest recessions we had seen in a long time, Uh, 08 and 09 were pretty rough, but we managed to make it through that time. I believe there are a lot of advantages to starting in business when the economy is bad. Here's the thing we have to remember. If we're going into business, you have to know at some point you're going to face a bad economy. That's going to happen. It always has. It always will. We have business cycles. Well, if we know we're going to have to go through that, shouldn't we be planning the business to make sure we can get through it? But we don't because we tend to start the business when things are really good. And we if we bother to put numbers together, a lot of people don't even bother. But if you manage or you attempt to put some numbers together and the economy is really good, well, it's a lot easier to look at those numbers and say, oh, yeah, see, this is going to work. And it's a lot easier to make it work when rates are good and there's plenty of volume of freight everywhere. It's fairly easy at that point. But then what are you going to do when things turn around? And rates aren't as good and there isn't as much freight. There aren't as many opportunities. Expenses are higher, significantly higher. Fuel went through the roof again last week. You know, they're, in, they're, they're talking about the economy and they're talking about gas prices going back up because OPEC has now decided to limit production and we can't help much here because we're not drilling for much of our own oil these days. So prices are on their way back up fuel-wise. Everybody's talking about gas, nobody's talking about diesel and diesel went up a lot last week. We still have part shortages. The parts we can get are more expensive. It's going to be a very, very challenging environment, but you have to go through it no matter when you start. So doesn't it make more sense, if possible, to start in a down economy? Don't be afraid of starting in a down economy by any stretch. We should almost look forward to it. There are other advantages to it as well. One, like I said, you're going to have to face these kinds of economies if you're in business. You're going to have to learn how to do business in a really challenging environment. The way I approach it, you might as well do it right at the very beginning. And we know then that things can only get better. That's the biggest advantage to starting a business in a down economy or where we are right now, just heading into a down economy. The biggest advantage is you're, you're forced to learn how to do business in that economy and then things can only get better. So where are we right now? Would I be starting a business today? No, not not like officially putting it into business and going out and looking for work, but I would start the process. And this is the other big advantage that we don't talk about a lot That is, you won't need to be in a hurry to do anything right now. You can just take your time, create a good solid business plan, and then work that plan. That's a huge advantage. You know, when everything is booming, when rates were through the roof and everybody was bragging about how much money they were making, and remember, they were sticking it to the brokers, and life was good but when you try to get into business during a time like that, you rush everything. Everything seems so urgent. Oh, look at all these rates. Look at the money. And you, you just buy the first truck you find. You either just grab your own authority or you lease onto the first carrier somebody tells you is a good deal. And then you just start working And in our business, you can work an awful lot. You can put in a lot of hours and you just keep chasing those rates. And then before you know it, you look up and the economy's not doing so good. Rates are starting to pull back. There isn't as much volume and expenses are going up and you don't know why it's getting harder to pay your bills at home. It's getting harder to pay the bills at home because one, you may be, Maybe grossing more. I kind of doubt it. You're probably already grossing a little less and you're spending a lot more. And you don't know where because you don't have a good accounting system. You just know that you're paying all the bills for the trucks, but it's getting harder and harder to pay the bills at home. That's the problem with starting at the top. So start at the bottom where we are right now. Now, I would say, and in my program I do a whole chapter on getting ready getting set up the good news here is you can take your time I even created a scoring system so you know what that timeline should be how long should you take to get into business and right now I would say I wouldn't want to do anything major for probably the next six months I think the next six months going to show us a lot, or maybe the first, uh, well, we're about there anyway, but I was going to say about the first six months of 2023, I think really should get pretty interesting. We're we're still seeing numbers right now that don't make a lot of sense. We talked the other day about truck prices, why truck prices are still so high. That seems a little crazy. I don't think that's going to last long. We've certainly talked about real estate. I don't think that's going to last. So we'll keep an eye on this, but I I would think that during the next six months is not going to be the time to actually pull the trigger. But what it is time for, what it's time for right now is to start putting your plan together. And that, like I said, the good news here, you won't have to rush. You can just take your time. Uh, If you want to take my course, you should, if you're even thinking about becoming an owner-operator anytime, if you've just had the thought, even if you don't have a timeline, if you've just had the thought that you might want to consider being an owner-operator, you should take the course. The first couple of chapters, I do everything I can to talk you out of it. I really kind of lay out what this really means, what it means to be in business, what it means to buy a truck and get started. And many times we take this way too lightly. We've made it so easy in this industry with, you know, lease purchases, just sign on the dotted line. If you can fog a mirror, they'll give you a $200,000 truck. We've made it so easy. And I'm okay with that. I I like the fact that it's easy to get into business, but because it's so easy, most people won't prepare very well. What I'm telling you is right now is the time to prepare. In fact, if you, I could almost guarantee your success if you start now and do it right. In the program, I actually have you score yourself and then based on that score, I set a timeline And I give you step-by-step what you should be doing to get ready. And if you think about it, over the last three or four years, you probably haven't heard me talk a lot about that program. Really, not that much. You're probably going to hear me talk about it a lot more now because I really think now is the time. And for me, and I've been through... Oh, how many of these cycles have I been through? Well, it's interesting because like I said, I started this part of the the business and the radio show in 07. So technically giving advice, this is only the second big downturn we're looking at. Since I've been on the air anyway, I guess not giving advice because I started doing seminars back in the late 90s. So uh, three full business cycles since I started giving advice. This one I really believe is going to be deeper and longer than the last two. Um, and 08, 09, that was a pretty tough time. Um, 2001, we've been through these cycles before and I see the same thing happen every time. It doesn't have to be that way and now is the time. Like I said, if you start now, And then you can take your time on every one of these steps. You can take your time to get your finances in order. You can take your time to get an accounting system set up. You can take your time and find the right truck, the right truck for you. You can decide and take your time. Do you want to get your own authority? That's a big, big decision right now. Over the last couple of years, it wasn't that big of a decision because the rates were so good. There was so much freight. It's a much bigger decision now. I'm not saying you shouldn't, but it's certainly going to be more challenging if you decide to do this with your own authority. You can take your time on that. If you decide you want to lease to a carrier, you have lots of time. I have a whole process in there. For choosing a carrier, that could take you months. Could take months to find the right carrier if you do it right. But this is a, there's a big advantage to doing this now because you won't feel rushed. You'll be able to take your time on each one of these steps. That alone can just about guarantee your success. So if you've ever thought about becoming an owner operator, you want to talk about it, now's the time. Pick up the phone. Give me a call. If you want to talk about anything else, uh, there's obviously a lot going on. Uh, Pick up the phone. Phone lines are open. We're going to start taking your calls right now, 855-950-3835. We're going to head off to Texas to get started. Fred, welcome to the program. Hey Kevin, happy Monday! Happy Monday. What's on your mind today? Hey, you know it. Uh, well, I think it I, is going to be a happy Monday. Up? I um, I just happened to look. You got some wind. It looks like we're going to have a big wind day today. <laughs> we're talking. Uh, All right,
1: there you yeah, go. Yeah,
0: we're talking uh, twenty-four knots out, or twenty-four miles an hour out where I'm looking at going. So big winds.
2: You better park the car a couple miles away instead of a mile. <laughs> That's
3: right. <laughs> uh, That's right.
2: So uh, first thing I wanted to expand on your open and give some of these fairly new owner operators and those who are going to be an owner operator, um, some insight of what happens sometimes when even when you can prepare. Um, so I've been doing this 30 plus years. And I've had my ups and downs Like everyone else has So I just laid out A pretty substantial chunk On a, on a trailer um, Don't even have the trailer Yet out of the shop Because it was getting The whole suspension Was getting rebuilt When I bought it So that was kind of in the deal um, And now Thursday Looks, it looks. I'm going up to the shop now. It looks like number four piston just let loose and and kind of blew apart inside the inside the
3: engine. Oh boy! On
2: so here I am. I lay I laid out forty five thousand cash for a trailer. Now I got to do an engine rebuild. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So this is trucking, folks. This yeah. is trucking, folks. I'm yeah. D- yo, listen, I'm. I'm gonna be fine. Of course, my stress level is kind of off the charts, as I posted over the weekend. Um, you know, I mean, uh, it, it, my subconscious is still working. I can't stop it from thinking the way it wants to think, and I'm getting a lot of stress overnight. And I guess that's just part for the course because you know, it, I'm you know, I'm not able to earn right now, um, but I have to lay out all kinds of money.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a tough you time.
2: Know? So, but. Yeah, I mean, if if you're not somewhat prepared, you, you could be sitting in my seat. It, it happens to everybody. I mean, it happens to the best of us. So, you know, I do oil samples. I had no engine wear, but the the, the engine has a million one on it. Yeah, you know, it's a twelve seven Detroit. Yep. I I got it with four hundred and change. It was a company truck, so I don't know how well it was taken care of
0: you know. Yeah, we can't see then, catastrophic you know, failures course, coming. We have no clue. They just...
2: Right, and, and of happen. course, you know, of course, I turn I turn the screws to it, so I'm putting out some pretty substantial horsepower and torque for the engine. You know, I drive it responsible. I mean, that's not... But, you know, I mean... Yeah. I a, uh, you know, yeah. a truck for half the life, you don't know how it was taken care of the engine, and you're putting the screws to it, and you're running it. You know, things happen.
0: Yep. Yeah, and... You know, I've talked about this before, but I I think back and I've said it was probably the best thing that happened to me business-wise, but it certainly didn't feel like it at the time. Uh, It was a horrible couple of years. I I tried to grow way too fast. You know, I'm going back to, you know, I bought my first truck and before a year was up, I bought my second truck. And uh, within five years, uh, I had 11 trucks. We were running a brokerage. We had a service truck that we had put together to do oil change and washes. I was a partnership in another deal with two other guys doing, we had a, a heavy haul, and 11 axle trailer set up. We were <laughs> doing that. There was, I, I yeah. was working like 20 hours a day. I mean, it was just stupid. And I, right. I, I didn't right. know what I was doing. And, but it seemed, you know, there was so much money coming in. Here I was, you know, in my mid-20s, just all kinds of money coming in every week. The problem was it was going out even faster than it was coming in. And then just a series of really bad stuff all happened at once. And it was the beginning of the end. Um, We ended up, you know, I had started that business with um, one of my brothers, and we had to split that all up. And um, I went back to driving. I had to, you know, we went from 11 trucks and all that stuff going on. I ended up with two trucks uh, when it was all said and done. And they were the two trucks that were at FedEx and they were doing the best, but I had to go back to driving them for a while. Uh, And it was just one of those things. We actually lost three engines in one summer, all three cats. We were running mostly cat engines back then. Um, And, you know, one of them was, it was just time. And we kind of expected that one. One of them though, it got hot and the driver didn't shut it down and we lost an engine that way. Didn't expect that one. And then another one, and it was one of our mechanics, um, didn't put a drain plug back in right. And we lost a oil plug and you didn't have all those shut down. So three engines uh, within a couple months of each other. And then you've got all that downtime. And (laughs) so that was tough. And then at the time, about 90% of all the miles we did was just pure Ohio. There was a lot of money to be made just staying in Ohio. Um, And your base plate back then, if you only wanted to run Ohio, you could get a base plate for like $400 a year. So I think eight of our 11 trucks had Ohio base plates, just just Ohio only. Right. Um, And that year, that, weird law that Ohio had about that changed. And even if you wanted to stay in Ohio, you were going to pay that full price, you know, 1100 plus for your base plates times eight. That was another huge hit. It it was just stuff like that, that just kept coming. And then fuel of of all things, we were, we're talking fuel was 80 and 90 some cents a gallon during this time. And then all of a sudden it right, shot up. Right. I remember those times. Yeah, it shot up to like a dollar forty out of the blue. And you think, Oh, a dollar forty, big deal. Well, when you're used to eighty or ninety cents, a dollar right. forty was a huge deal. And that was when and we And you're first... running a half dozen trucks. Yeah. And that's when we first started understanding what a fuel surcharge was because we went over a dollar twenty five, but that was a really tough right. time.
2: Well, I kind of have somewhat of a similar story. I was kind of doing a specialized where I had some straight trucks and some tanker trucks doing heating oil. And the company I was working with, which was in business for, I mean, 50, 60 years, wind up selling to a larger conglomerate. And they came to us and said, well, we can't use your 11 trucks. We can only use two.
3: Who? Yeah. What am I going to do with
2: the other? Yeah. Yeah. What am I going to do with the, you know, so now I have to try to find people to buy these trucks. Um, I had a couple of tractors that I had working with the flatbeds that I had partners at the time. It was a mess. And, you know, and the partners, you know, because we were making money, they wanted to do all kinds of crazy, uh, things within the company (laughs) being from New York, you know, with that lifestyle I mean, and I'm looking at them. I'm like, listen, I just need out. I just need out, guys. Yeah. You know, I'll, take, I'll take a cup, co- you know, and, and that's what happened. It was a bad breakup. Um, they wound up doing some funny accounting, which was legal, and they put me on a hook for $196,000 in taxes.
0: Oh, oh. Oh. Yeah. yeah. that's rough. Yeah,
2: so, I mean, you know, life, you know, I, I had a good buyout so that I, may, I was able not to have the IRS as my partner for long. But it did, it did bring me back to almost square one, yeah. you know, and I had to restart. And that was back in 07, 08 when I restarted and, and the bottom fell out a year into yeah. starting, you
0: know.
3: Yeah.
0: That's business. Yep. <laughs> so, <you> know, <laughs> this this life is what a, happens. Life, life has right. a way of t- throwing
2: curves at you. Yeah, That's so right. I just want people to know that even when you think you're in optimum situations like you thought you were and I thought I was, and here I was making I mean a, I was ma- I thought I was a gangster the money I was Yeah making. I know You know what I mean? I mean I was making serious serious money. Lease in a Mercedes Benz for $1,400 a month. I mean, you know, an S an S
0: class. I mean, no 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 3, you know, no 300. I'm talking about an S class, you know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean
2: I'm yeah. I'm living I'm living amongst these guys that are depicted in the movies. You got to hang out with these guys and do what these guys do, you know? So
0: yeah. What do you, you
2: know, and I'm a businessman. I'm not one of those guys. <laughs> right.
0: Yeah. No, I think so, we're, we're about anyway, to uh, you know. we're, we're about to witness a lot more of these types of stories. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Unfortunately, that's really the way. And, you know, it's just it's just starts with bad policy decisions that that, you know, listen, you're going to have downturns in the economy regardless. It's just a natural flow of things. But when you have a, a policy decisions that really kind of hurt business, and then you have, you know, the Federal Reserve doing all of these monetary changes in hyper hyper speed, and you don't have a you don't have anything helping that along, we're going to be in for a pretty rough rough ride, I think. And that's what I'm yeah. getting from a lot of the talking heads, a lot of the analysts, a lot of the, yeah. You know, pretty much
0: everywhere. All, all the signs seem to be there. The, the stock market is finally starting to show its pattern. You know, last week we had a couple big days, really big days, and people get optimistic. Oh, no, look, see, this is over already. Oh, it's not over. It hasn't even started yet. The, these are the signs that it's just yeah. starting, not that it's over. And those couple of right. days did not hold up at all that those couple of days is what right. we could refer to as a dead cat bounce. You know, if you drop a dead cat from a, you know, high enough up, it'll bounce a little bit. That's, but it doesn't last long. It bounces and then it falls yeah, right back yeah. down. Well, and like that's they, kind they, of they, what the market's yeah, doing.
2: They, they say that these are these bear market, bear market rallies. Yeah. You know, yep. right. Is that what this is? Yeah. yeah. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah.
0: exactly. And, and they, they so. don't hold up. It's usually big institutional <laughs> traders realigning their portfolios, getting out of bad positions. Uh, but it, a lot yeah, of times, money, it, man. yeah, a lot of times that generates a buying rally. And then the amateurs think, oh, look, it, we, this is all over. We're on our way back <laughs> up. This is why you can't time right. the market. Right. This is why timing the market right. is a really bad idea, because when we're on our way down, it is really volatile. It's not a straight <laughs> down. It's down for several days. Then, oh, look, right. we're rallying, and we get these couple of big days, and then it's down, right. and then we're rallying, and then it hangs out for a while. And on the way back up, it'll do the same thing. Yeah. And because of that, you <laughs> never know right. it's like, when to buy and when to sell.
2: Right. It's kind of like when it when it comes back up, it never comes quite as far, so you're always in a losing situation.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
2: people don't it, realize, it's, it's sort of like – the frog in a, in a warm pot of water before the frog knows it is boiling around him and he's gone. Yeah. And that's what happens. It's a, it's a death by a thousand cuts when you when you think you keep. But, you know, this is there's another strategy here where if you have some cash on the sidelines, you might be able to wait a few months and get in and start dollar cost averaging and really build a portfolio
0: as well. You know, the the best thing, because I I like to stay optimistic. I don't want to come on here every day with bad news. I'm going to because I think the news is going to be bad for a while. But mixed in with that bad news, the one thing to remember is this is always when opportunities are about to happen. You know what I'm really kind of tired of? I started saying, look, there's no place to go but down back in. 2017. so at that point I said I I, I'm not making any big financial decisions I did buy some real estate during that time but um, I said I'm, I'm just gonna sit back and wait I, I, that's five years I'm kind of tired of sitting back and waiting. I'm finally ready for something to happen Let, let's get on with this let's get well, to the next step let's start <laughs> I've the made- adjustments.
2: I've made a comment that my my son who's nineteen just starting his stuff, he's working as a cashier in a grocery store here and he's making fifteen bucks an hour. (laughs) And it's just and it's Texas, it's not like a minimum wage of fifteen dollars an hour. It's a pretty good company. Yeah. He's in. And so, you know, he wanted this high end gaming computer. It was twenty five hundred bucks. And I told him, I said, Since you're you know, you're really doing well and you're you know, doing this yourself, I didn't, you know, I didn't help him with anything. I just gave him some advice. Um, I said, what we'll do is, you know, you, I'll buy the computer for you and give me $200 a month. I said, what well, the first time you miss, I'm taking the computer out. It's mine. Yeah. Don't <laughs> want to hear nothing about it. Right. And I said, yeah, you know, I showed him how to do it. So then what I did was I did that for about five months with him. And I told him, I said, you know what I'm, I said to myself, you know, what I'm going to do for this kid. I'm going to set up an, a Roth IRA for him. And his grandmother gave him some money. I, I said, "Give me a couple dollars." I set up a and I told him, "The two hundred dollars a month that you're going to give me is going to go into this fund. You're going to pay it right to that for yourself." And he's nineteen. I want him to start buying into this market. I want him to start.
3: preparing yeah, absolutely. For future, things
2: that I never was told. Right. That I was never told. I mean, you know, I, I didn't know anything. I just figured, hey, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll work. I'll outwork any bad situation. And here I am, 54. <laughs>
3: yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> how long can I work? Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, I'm um, you know, trying to give him some insight. And he, yeah, you know, we were talking over the weekend. He says, So, how long do I have to pay into this? I said, If I were you, I would just keep paying into it for
0: the rest of your life. Yeah. Yeah, because I- if you I said, start you paying the- in that early and you just, you know, put your head down, <laughs> right. go to work every day, put the money in every month at some point and when you're 19 I know this seems like forever but if if you know we could say to yep. them at 45 you will probably be able to make some decisions about whether you want to retire that early or start a business or who knows what you might want to do but you'll have the money to do it it'll happen fast. And, and to them, it's like fast. 45, my God, I'm never going to be 45. That's what you think when you're 19. But right. when you're 60 and right you now. think, wow, what if I could have been able to retire when I was 45? <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I always say to people, I'm I'm going to slow down eventually.
2: I don't know if I'll, I mean, I, I want to be able to retire, but I don't know if I'll want to retire. So. In this business it's is one of those things where I can do a load a month, load yeah. every twice a month yeah. and and you know, if I'm if I'm physically capable and I hope I, I know when I'm not physically capable and, and, and I you know, I know when I'm not able to drive, but yeah, you know, hopefully I can do this, you know, for the next fifteen years and still yeah. enjoy myself.
0: Yeah, exactly. And that is the beauty so, I'm, of I'm I'm on a good path. Of this business. Getting the
2: health in in order.
0: Yeah. Not all businesses are like that. Now, you can't just, you know, kind of keep some businesses going part-time. It doesn't work. But this one, it does. You could keep a truck and trailer. And like you said, you could do one load a month if you feel like it. And think about how cool it is to, you know, now, because many of us that have been driving, we've seen the whole country. But have you really seen it? I talked about this the other day. I'm really looking forward to taking the train to Memphis. I'd love the train because I get to be a passenger. I I get to just watch, you know, all those years of driving you on
2: Friday. And I got, yeah. Yeah. You know, our, one of our great presidents, Ronald Reagan used to take the train all over the country when he did his seminars way before he became a politician and he used to read a lot on the train. And that's, change his mind from becoming
0: a Democrat to becoming a Republican. <sighs> yeah, I don't see that. Uh, I don't think I'm going to change many political no, I views. Know. No, right. But it's the same <laughs> no, thing. I, I look forward saying, to it. I can, I his can. Own political view. I can read. Yeah. I can, like I said, see the <laughs> scenery that I've driven past many, many times, but never got to really look at and see it. And, you know, I can work on the presentation because it's been a couple of years. So I, I'm, just really right. looking forward to that. So think about being retired with a truck. Pick a spot in the country that you want to go visit and just grab a load and head that way. Yes, but if that's what I say before I got into this
2: into this health where I was eating everything under the sun and, and you know... I was my, my whole plan was get a hundred and ten inch sleeper and do those diners, drivers and dyes that guy Fieri
0: does. <laughs> there you go. That's right. That's right. You
2: know, but now I'm not gonna do that, but I still wanna see parts of the country for an extended period of time. Yeah. So yeah. Um but yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> but yeah, so these stress the, these uh, it's really wearing me out, this uh whole thing. I think I'll be better today once I get my Head wrapped around a plan of action this week. I don't know if I'm going to be doing the work or they're going to do the work for me. I got to figure all of that out. Cause they're, you know, they have their own yeah. things going on and, yep. uh, this, these guys are good to me They They don't mind if I use their shop for things like this as well. Right. So,
0: That's nice.
2: Today is one of those, uh, re regrouping days. There you go. Figuring out exactly what went wrong and, and to where you get go a plan of action with yep. the, uh, with the shop of the owner, yeah.
0: Where are you going to yeah, go from here? All right. Well, so. uh, we'll look forward to hearing the plan once you come up with it.
2: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. and right. I, I've been doing the the, the stress protocol. I'm going to do that all week and get my my health back in order. my The diet back in order all week long and and try to go forward with that.
0: Also. Excellent. All right. Talk to you soon. We're going to head off to Nebraska this time. David, welcome to the program.
1: Kevin, thanks for taking my
0: call. What's on your mind today?
1: Well, I just found out, I don't want to mention any names, but I just found out the company that I've been working for just got bought out by a larger company that has a bad history with drivers. Okay. And I don't intend to work for them. My big question is, I have quite a
0: sizable 401k plan, and I don't want to roll it over to this company. Okay. And I don't know what to do. Got it. Okay. That's an easy one. Uh, So this is actually a good time, you know, switching companies and jobs always pretty traumatic. There's a lot going on, but I actually like this when you've got a retirement account because it's your opportunity to get control of that money. So no matter how good the plan might be in the new company, I still like to take that opportunity to just roll this instead of rolling it to the new company, just roll it to your own IRA. We'll talk about how to do that. It's really easy. And then you can start if the company, the new company has a new plan or wherever you're going, then that's fine. We just start a new one up and keep doing what we were doing before, but it gets that money into our hands. It's not in somebody else's control anymore. So, here's really all this requires. You're going to pick a mutual fund company. Um, Vanguard, you know, would come to mind for me as a good one. There there are several out there. They're basically all the same. We could get into who has lower fees and that kind of thing. Uh, But for the most part, we're going to pick a mutual fund company and you're going to call them and you're going to say, I've got a 401k and I want to roll it over and they are going to be happy to do all of this for you. They make it super easy because they want your money. I mean, they want the account. So yeah, they make this really easy. One phone call and they will tell you exactly what you need to do step by step to roll this into your own IRA and then you can choose where you're going to invest that money.
1: I like that.
0: Yeah, it's really easy. Well,
1: that eases my mind. I've been a little worried. I realize today is a holiday, but I've been a little worried. They called the office, and they haven't picked up phone call. I guess it's
0: just a message. Yeah, so the the way we yeah. do this is we don't care where the money is right now. We're not going to deal with the people that have the money currently. We're just going to ignore them. We start this process. This is where a lot of people get kind of, whacked out on this process they think they need to start with the people that have the money now we don't we don't want to start there they they have no incentive to transfer your money out of their account to some other account they have no incentive to do that so we don't want to work with them so we go to the people that want your account and we let them do this and they will it's what they do all day long so we go pick a new mutual fund oh, wow. we let them do it because they have an incentive to get this done they want that money
1: well that's that's awesome news that's way more than i knew i i just i just don't deal with 401k's you know I, yeah,
0: I, most people don't money
1: out of my check
0: yep and- right Most people don't. And like I said, I love employer plans where it's on autopilot and you don't have to think about it. The money just goes in there every week. That's awesome. But if we are going to switch jobs, which is like I said, that's a big deal. um, I like the fact that we can turn that into an advantage that we can now get that that money out of their hands into our hands. And then you just start a new one with your next employer.
1: All right, and I don't have to. Once I switch that RA over, I don't have to do anything with it. It'll just it can just sit there and grow
0: or yep, or display yep. whatever. I you you to, you can continue sorry. to contribute if you want to, but you don't have to. Yeah, you could just let it sit there. All
1: right, that'll work. Well, I greatly appreciate it. I'm not worried about finding another job. I have years. I'm sixty, and I'm been driving since I was 19
0: oh so, yeah and, you, you, and you're you're golden yeah you're you're you never have to worry about being hungry or homeless
1: right so all right well that well thank you you've really eased my mind I haven't been able to get a hold of anybody they announced this last Friday in an email
0: oh yeah and that's nice then, <laughs> Yeah, let, let's send them yeah, yeah. an email on a holiday weekend and let them guess all weekend. Who the hell came up with that plan? My gosh.
1: Yeah,
0: there you <sighs> go. Uh, unbelievable. So, yeah, and I right.
1: have been able to get a hold
0: of it. Yeah. Well, so, you, you, yeah, are, you are correct. You, you don't have any worries about a job. You can pick and choose where you want to go to work. Uh, and the good news is on the money, you're all set on that. This is going to be an easy process.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I thank you. You're welcome. He's a ton of my fears. Good. And I want to say I, I buy I buy your products. Thank you. I love them. Uh, my, my blood sugar is normal because of the diet plan and awesome. your products. Awesome. So thank you for all you do for us.
0: You are welcome. Thanks for the support. Speaking of products in the store, Holy cow, do we have a new exciting line of products in the store. For our furry friends, Stella and Chewy's, they have some of the most amazing food for dogs. Like what we would call snacks and and treats that dogs absolutely love, but these are all crazy healthy. Like they're made out of, uh, you know, freeze-dried organ meats. So there's like freeze-dried hearts there are some liver products. The dogs just go nuts over these. And this is healthier than their food. I mean, we, we kind of call these snacks, but they're really, this may be the most nutrient-dense food your dog's eating. Uh, so a whole line, there's all kinds of stuff. Um, Stella & Chewy's is in the store now. We launched it this morning. So uh, if you've got a furry friend or two, check it out these are uh great products another uh another great company we're very happy to be partnering with let's head off to new york steve welcome to the program
4: hey good morning kevin good morning it was good to hear matt's numbers the other day oh wasn't that crazy those, those were so bad oh
3: <laughs> man
4: i thought i you know i I, hey I I was I'm on I'm on uh, I'm on in in line to beat his last year's numbers this year yeah. <laughs>
0: and I was just so happy about that <laughs> right I, first, I know, I, I I'm, know. A,
4: I'm at about I'm at about one sixty one sixty net which is daggone on good that's I mean, I'm incredible thrilled. I'm thrilled, yeah but, yeah uh, I, I'm yeah I'm thrilled I'm thrilled I'm home three nights a week so uh, yeah you know, I'm thrilled with, my, with the situation but oh yeah but that was a uh, that was that, yeah. I just didn't. I hadn't heard Matt talking about it. I didn't know if uh, you know if if, if you know Everybody, uh, you have to worry about a lot of these. Uh, even direct customers are coming back and asking people for some oh yeah some, uh, breaks on on the of race. Course. And I have I haven't had that yet. I haven't had that yet either. Like he hasn't. But you just never know. I mean, I, I do. I do have uh, one of my fill ins that is like six six fifty a mile. But it, it's you know it's insulation. Hey, guess what? What's quit? I mean, construction is. Died right out, so you know that's. Uh, I understand that I, I get well, I get less of those. So the fill-in loads now, the one I got today, you know, it's, it's a lot it, less. Obviously, it's it's, it's it, off the load board. So you know, uh, but I, what I've been doing is I've been doing two loads a day. I'll do a I'll do a same day load, and then I'll do a next day load. There you and go. I've done that in the last three weeks. I've done it four times and added an extra you know, eight nine hundred dollars a day uh, on my fill-in loads uh, to, to what I would have had. You know.
0: You know, that this, this really is a crazy time. And, and I look at this from our perspective of, you know, where we are in our business. Um, we've been dealing with this inflation for over a year now, and everything keeps going up. Everything, the cost of labor, the cost of everything we buy. And we keep talking about it, and we keep saying, do we need to raise our prices? And we haven't yet on anything We haven't raised any prices yet because right now we don't need to. I mean, certainly our profit margins are going down because our expenses are going up and we have a certain profit margin that i like to stay above for sure. But we've had a couple of really good years. And I think a lot of businesses are in that position. Some of us haven't raised prices and we're trying really hard not to, Um, but it's, the longer this goes, the tougher it is. But I think that's why you're seeing, you know, these the shippers aren't really pushing anybody to lower their rates. Everybody's doing okay money-wise. There was tons of money around. There's tons of business around. So, you know, the smart businesses, I think, have been holding off trying not to raise their prices. But at some point, we're going to have to. At some point, this is going to get oh, yeah. more difficult, and I think we're probably there now because I think what will happen is our business will start to slow down enough that that will have to raise prices to increase our margins, and it, it's just going to get tough for a while.
4: Yeah, it will, and and I've uh, and I've, I've taken your advice on the uh, the best one of the best ROIs is buying up everything you can now that yeah. going to you consume in the next two or three years. Um, and my wife, you know, when she, I mean, she, a lot of the stuff she gets now, she's is cheaper and quicker to get it by Amazon or somewhere online. And I told her, I said, whatever you're buying now, just quadruple your order. Yeah. I said, that's go, good advice. every time you go back, it's going to be it's higher. It's going
0: to be higher. Yeah. And
4: just, yeah, I said, we'll find, we'll find room to put it. We'll find room to put the stuff. I mean, I, you know, and, uh, um, so <laughs> funny story. Uh, it wasn't because of inflation. My wife, my wife was, uh, was horrified during uh, COVID about, uh, about paper shortages so right. uh i've got i've got seven cases from sam's club of scott tissue up in uh toilet tissue up in our our attic uh so we bought it at a really good price in the last that's right
3: that's right
4: you... <laughs> so, so we didn't we didn't even know what we were doing and we did it you know and uh that was but uh yeah she i kept telling us that i think we're okay for the next year or two <laughs> yeah <laughs> and, uh, she kept, yeah. but we got plenty of paper towels and, and that we got we got that covered for a while and uh, and actually, we're gonna you know, we're gonna we're gonna utilize some of those in, in the conduit to beach for renters and all. But uh, but what I wanted to talk to you about, about today was ROI on something else. Is right now is there's very few places that we can invest our money, and 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 you know, well, first feel safe, and and also have a decent return. So um, you know a, a few a couple of months ago I should have already called about this, but a couple of months ago somebody turned me back on to something I hadn't heard about much since the early eighties. Uh, they're, they're called I bonds right. inflation. They're, they're U S yep. treasury bonds, inf- inflation protected bonds. The interest rate is 9.62%. It's the inflation rate plus a certain, right. uh, a certain number. Right. And for this next 12 months, it's 9.62%. That's what I got in. I had, I may, it may change daily. Um, but, it will. Uh, you got your money tied up for twelve months, but you, you know, for all right, you can only put ten thousand dollars on each Social Security number and each EIN number.
3: Right. So we
4: put thirty thousand down. You know, ten on her, ten on me, and ten on the business um, because we got. I mean, cash that we're not going to be having to spend, and and you know, we will have it tied up anyhow in other places. So, so and, you know, and we're going to have inflation for the next three to four years because. It's going to be at least until 25, and then whoever takes over, it'll take a year or a year and a half to start cleaning things up. It took Reagan a year and a half to start cleaning up after after Carter in in, in 81. From 81, it was August of 82 when the when the stock market bottomed and, and started coming back up because of all the things he did in the first 20 months. Yeah. So it'll take the new guy. It'll be 26. We'll have inflation for the next four years and you know what uh, in four years i mean it may not be 9.62 percent every year but if inflation drops to seven it might be 8.3 or something like that well so um, anybody out there's got got cash just go for it it's a treasurydirect.com you, you buy it straight from the Treasury.
0: and um, so I'm, know, like holding, I say, you, I'm holding i'm holding out ahead. hoping it breaks ten if it breaks 10, then I'm buying, but I'm definitely yeah, buying it, at well, some point. There's right. no doubt. Yeah. yeah. The, the, we talked about yeah. these uh, a yeah. couple and, weeks and, ago and
4: they're going to, yeah. Well, uh, I'd say it's uh, it is a, uh, you know, it's a, it's, it's one of those that you we know, are just parking some money. Now day, if you need it, if you need that money in six months, don't do it. Well, yeah, right. Right. The, up for, but you can, yeah, but you can, you know, just, as long as you're happy, with the return, you know, the next return might not be quite as much because inflation may kick up down a bit. But it'll be for the next four years that that'll be just a good place to park some money. Uh, we may get back to the CD. I, you know, I tell you, here's the problem: the CDs are not chasing these no, hikes. they not, they're up not like they did back in eighty and seventy nine and eighty, right? And and back then you could get a sixteen percent. I had a sixteen percent. Uh, CD <laughs> and, uh, and 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 that was only that's, out for a year. Right, you know, it was even you get you could get like a five year for like twelve percent. And then of course Reagan brought you know him and Paul Volcker they brought the in, in the inflation rate down quickly.
0: Right, you know? right, so, and uh, and we so, and yeah, we had that, a I mean, long just, booming economy after that. So yeah, I'm looking forward to getting some I bonds. You mentioned. uh August of 1982, when the market bottomed that time, I was on my way to basic training at uh, Fort Jackson, South Carolina.
4: Yep. Oh, and by the way, you mentioned the, the early 90s on Black Friday. It was October the uh, 19th, 1987. 87. Uh, yeah, a couple of weeks ago, you mentioned it. You, it oh, that's. Yeah, Black, Black Friday and Black Monday.
0: Yep. Yeah, that's not the one I'm October thinking 19, of, though. So there oh, okay. must have okay. been. That a, was the
4: one where we dropped. We dropped 20, 28% in one day.
0: Yeah, I that do was remember 28% that
4: one. In, in one day.
0: I, I do remember that. Yeah, that
4: was the one that. Yeah. Wait, that, what was the was date a, on that, that one? That turned out to be a hell of a, you know, you know, for the October 19th of 1987 and actually 1987 with that 28% drop for one day still ended up positive by one or 2% in the markets for the year. Yeah. So uh, it, it had an early run-up before that. That brought it back down. So, I and mean, then that was a bounce. It bounced back from that. Uh, that was a. Yeah. You know, that was when they started putting in these limits on how 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 much selling could be done at one time. Yeah. You know, with the all. Uh, yeah. But they had started having machines starting to to uh, work at that point just barely, and they found out that boy, the machines will sell quickly, and that's oh, yeah, you know, that, that was part of what did. It.
0: Yeah, many of our big crashes By have happened. Trading. Right. Because of the computerized trading. Um so yeah, there, right. there was there was so, another uh, one so
4: now they yeah, they do
0: there was another Black Monday in the nineties sometime, and, and I know that it was because it was at an Anthony Robbins financial seminar on that day. That was the opening day. Yeah, that the, was probably the during
4: the recession of 90, 90, late, yeah, 91, 92, and that little area, that little, that recession probably had a big drop in, yeah, in things, because, uh, remember the the first Gulf War was going, getting ready yeah. to go, and, and, uh, and, and, of course, and then, and then Bush, uh, you know, he, he went, went back on his no new taxes pledge, and that's what lost, that, yeah. that's what brought Ross Perot into the race, which, which the three way race is why Slick Willie, uh, oh, excuse me, uh, President Clinton was nominated was, <laughs> hey, uh, was hey, president. Hey, just uh, just and, just
0: uh, I, I just have to make this crazy statement. Uh, if my only choice right now was to be able to wave a magic wand and have Bill Clinton back, I'd take him in a heartbeat.
4: Oh, Volker, Paul Volcker <laughs> was great. He he was a hard nosed guy. Yeah, it, this was great. It really was. So uh and uh listen to you pit the other day uh on the on the senate races there's there's a there it's going to be really close uh you know this thing in Georgia uh you know this the, the polling's not looking real good afterwards but the polling the polling is it's probably 4 points off because of the they are they are sampling a much higher percentage of democrats they're, right. they're trying to create a nar- narrative with yeah. the national polling and so they're 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 polling about four percent more Democrats. And then they're they're polling like registered voters Well, registered voters don't matter. Right. I've never missed an election since 1972. So I'm I'm what you call you know, a, a a likely vote. Voter. Correct. So right. they should be you know talking to people that are going to vote, not people that are registered. Because if you if you actually go get a driver's license, they're going to register you to vote. And yeah, a lot of those people have never seen a vote. Yeah, exactly. Or they may they, they may have gotten a, a mail in ballot, but they sold it to they sold it to whoever could pay them the most money for it.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. The polls um, the polls but, uh, anymore so, are but, you're right they're a mess. The one race that just I, I just every time I look at it, I think I I don't get it. It's the Pennsylvania Senate race. This Fetterman guy who would vote for this jackass? Yeah. I.
4: I I, Oz is gonna win that race. I just, yeah, I just, uh, that's just that's that you know it's, it's the eyeball test
3: there. Yeah,
4: you know, th- there's just no way. I mean, look, I mean the the guy the the guy took his shotgun when he was mayor, took his shotgun out and and held a black jogger just like what happened down in Georgia when those guys those 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 yahoos those rednecks killed that black jogger. Yeah. But that that th- this happened, he was mayor. Yeah. And and you know I would have that that would be on every BET uh, <laughs> yeah. TV station in yeah. Pittsburgh and Philly that that because uh, they've got pictures of it yeah I mean uh, you know th- you know and and like I say this is yeah you know, <laughs> yeah I, was just gonna, I win that I'm, I'm a little worried about Herschel and in Georgia yeah that's don't worry a, about North Carolina bud that's a tough one going to win uh, in North Carolina yeah we're not yeah we're not we're yeah it's it, it, we have really trended quite a bit uh, to the to the to the to the north side of of the, of the you know the the, uh, the red in North Carolina now uh, a bit, and uh, we're just about we will actually turn our Supreme Court around this. Time. Uh, we were, they, the, our Supreme Court has knocked down in the last 12 years seven times our voter ID laws. We have a voter ID constitutional amendment, and our uh, we had a 6-1 Democrat. Uh, majority in the Supreme court, they said at the time that our constitutional amendment was against, the, was, was unconstitutional. I yeah. mean, that happened, but they did. Um, so this, this next election, we're going to replace two more and we'll have a five, two margin in the Republican side then, and we'll have voter ID at, at you know, it'll be in at that point. I mean, we're, we're already a super majority in our, uh, on our, on uh, our, legislature, uh, uh, the governor's a Democrat, uh, and and I didn't do very well with him. I coached him in Little League back uh, 50, <laughs> fifty years 45, 50 years ago. There you
3: go. <laughs>
4: he, he's from my hometown, and and uh, he's the only Democrat. I, all of my friends in North Carolina, in, in, in the hometown is like ten percent of them still support him. <laughs> yeah, but uh, uh, but no, I think I think I do think I think I really think it's going to be about a 5248 Republican edge. Uh, It'll be fifty three four seven if Herschel can win in, in Georgia. But I, I feel like we're gonna win in I feel like for sure we're gonna win in uh out in, in Nevada. I think we're gonna win in, in, Pitt, in Pennsylvania. Um and I think we're gonna win uh there was another one that was up that was we're gonna flip. Uh but I think we're going to flip a few, and we might get you know, like I say, your governor out there is going to be a Republican in, in Oregon, and that's unheard it, of. I it, mean, it's it,
0: so you know, I it's looking like I'm so excited I get to vote for something that that might actually happen.
4: <laughs> I know, I know, and and uh, so I, I you know even even uh, Nate Silver with 538, he's very liberal, and he said the other day he said. You know, back in the spring, he said he saw a huge red wave. He said, "Yeah, there was a little bit that knocked it back with the suburban white female with the with the abortion ruling uh, that it, that it kind of you know maybe you know pushed things a little bit back blue in some some races." But when it comes down to it, he said the things that have not changed are the problems with inflation, the problems people having gas prices, the border, the crime. And those things will push not not those people are not going to be single issue voters, and some of them will move back to the red side. And he's still saying now it's going to be a red wave, probably forty seats in the House and 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 the Senate slightly, uh, you know, uh, yeah, slight. Uh, maybe he's saying fifty one forty nine, but uh, but uh, and he's very liberal, you know. So uh, right. I like Trafalgar that uh, group. That's the best. That's one of the best polling groups out there and uh if you listen to that guy the reason why is they don't overwhelm people with questions when you get a most surveys they want 40 they want you to spend uh 40 questions answering that much time answering 40 questions he limits all of their their uh polls to seven questions so that they they don't have many hang-ups and uh you know when, when people say yes gonna be 40 questions they get a lot of hang-ups and uh so that's one thing and he, he goes right by the registration. Uh, he makes sure that he he does he does his polling by the by the percentage of reg- registration in each state. So he's a lot closer in all the uh, the election. Uh, you know with his with his uh, polls. Him and Rasmussen's another good one. Um, but most of the most of the mainstream media, they're just trying to uh, to create a narrative and to, and let the polling. You know uh, you know kind of kind of you know, you know they don't poll things like. What what people having problems with the crime and people right. having problems with the with the border and things of those kind kind of things they're not they're not you know polling on that stuff much internally uh the, all the you know all the people are Democrats and Republicans their internal polls are always more right than anybody and so uh, but uh, yeah I think you, I think we definitely uh, I mean like I say everybody's got to go through and vote I mean yep. there's no doubt about it but I, I do think it's going to be a a little bit better uh yeah i've been concerned at times but and and really and, and the republicans are not our answer to all the questions i'm very libertarian but but here's the thing the republicans didn't give us this mess we've got to have something to stop the bleeding yeah and yeah and so you know and and you know, mcconnell mcconnell and and mccarthy are not they're not the, they're not a the long-term answer but at least they can stop the bleeding
0: So uh, that's about the best we can hope for right now. Yeah, exactly. All right, Steve, thanks for the call. Great stuff. We'll talk to you again soon. We're going to head off to Wisconsin. Jeff, welcome to the program.
3: Hey, Kevin. See, I got a tax question, I think, for you. So we're an LLC. I don't know if that matters. I drive a truck with a sleeper on it. I'm thinking about buying this camper. And a guy told me that I, if I took that camper, just say I run a kind of a dedicated deal, 500 out, 500 back. If I took that camper over to that where I'm out and put it there for a little while, that I could buy that with the company and deduct it. Is that such a thing or is that baloney?
0: Well, he's not totally wrong, but parking it there for a little while doesn't have much to do with anything at all. What it really has to do with, uh, are you truly going to use this camper for some sort of business purpose? And if you are, then of course it's deductible. No, but if you're not, then no, it's not. I mean, we can't fake it. You either use it for business or you don't. Uh, Here's a good example. My coach, we write the majority of the cost of that thing. Maintenance, fuel, fuel, depreciation, insurance, everything, because almost every time I take it out, it's for business. But that truly is a business use. I mean, that this last trip, I was gone three months. I was at Pittsburgh Power. I was at a truck show. I was at truck dealers. I visited, you know, I, I almost made it to Polyface Farms. We didn't make it out there. I stop and see our partner companies. Yeah, we we deduct all of that. That's true business use. But just saying, oh, go park it out where you turn around for a little while, that has nothing to do with anything. If you're not using it for business, you're not using it for business. If you are, then it's deductible.
3: All right. And, and so if you use it just say, I don't know, you know, like say I use it fifty percent of the time for personal and 50% for do you then need half it or whatever,
0: you know, you know you this year it halfway or what? the IRS never really addresses this as well as they should. So for vehicles like a car, they make it really clear. You do exactly what you just said. We take a percentage. First, we calculate what percentage do we use the car for business? And then we take that percentage of our expenses, or we can use a mileage allowance, but on these other you know, things like this, the IRS isn't really clear about it. So we just kind of push the limit on this one. If I have something like this that I use for business, I just treat it like it's all business. I got you. How how, how do I, you know, if I'm driving across the country in my coach, how do I determine yep. what's business and what's personal? And like I said, every time I take the coach out, it's business. I make sure of that. You know, this winter, we're, we're going out on what really is kind of a vacation. I want to get out of here in the wintertime. I'm going to head south. We're going to head over to Florida. But all the time, we're going to be doing business. Yeah, I do my show from it every day. We're going to stop and see our partners. We're going to stop and see our employees. We're going to, you know, hit some events. So every time I take it out, I make sure we do something business wise.
3: Right, and that's what I got gotcha. you. Okay, I understand. So
0: <laughs> yeah, okay. but, the, I but just yeah, this, this so, idea that know? oh, throw some signs on it or go park it out—that has nothing to do with anything. You know, you go park it out there and then you right, get in an audit did- someday and the IRS says, what was the business purpose for this? What are you going to tell them?
3: Right. Yeah, that just, nothing because I got it, a sleeper on my truck, I it, guess, it, other than I want to shower or something. I don't I, know,
0: and but, you could do um, that. Now, let's, listen, if you actually went out there and parked it there and left it there and used it for that reason, to take a nap, to take a shower, to make a meal, whatever, sure, let's deduct it, no doubt you're using it for business.
3: Got it. And also, I just I could do what you're doing instead of like going to visit, you know, I could go try to trump up more business.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. With that that camper. Correct. Instead of renting hotels. And that would be fine. Absolutely. Here's the other thing. This is a little different, but it's along the same lines. Anybody who's self-employed, should write off all of their vacations as long as they're within the United States. If you go outside the country, then the rules all change. But if you're vacationing within the United States, you should always deduct them when you're in business because all we have to do is, is while we're on vacation, do a little bit of business and then all of those expenses become deductible. Like for example, if you want to take off on a trip on your, with your camper, and you stop in at trucking companies. You stop in at shippers. You stop in at truck dealers. There's all kinds of things we can do. That all becomes business now,
3: right? And I definitely do that. I took your advice. Good. About that yeah. a long time ago. I mean, yeah. if I, if I, yeah, I stop. I just wheel in, get their card. And Absolutely. I stick it with all the stuff. Yep you know, and yeah. So, okay. Okay. I just, I
0: wanted clarification and it's all, I got it. There you go. I really appreciate that, Kevin. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. All right. So, uh, we blew through all the calls we had. I'm going to wait just a couple minutes. Um, but if you want to jump in, you better jump in quick. Uh, I'm looking right now and the wind is totally dead, but from the forecast, we're supposed to start getting some, uh, Pretty strong winds here in a couple hours, so I'm heading out to the river for the rest of the day. I'm going to play a little hooky from work today, and I'm going to go enjoy a day. I might, today's supposed to be good, tomorrow, possibly, and then after that, it looks pretty dead for the rest of the week, so, uh, all right, we've got a caller coming in right now. I'll go ahead and hang out We'll take that call. Uh, I'm not in too big of a hurry right now, but if I see the... uh, I see the wind start blowing out there. Might be another story. Looks like I might have the, uh, the rest of the day. So I might have to go, you know, hit a good session when the wind kicks up. And then i might have to take a nap and go back again. I want to try to maximize the day today. So we'll see what happens. I think it's, uh, I'll bet the water temperature has dropped quite a bit since the last time I was out there too. I didn't check that uh we're beautiful beautiful hot summer days here right now in october is pretty incredible but we're getting pretty cold nights i think we actually dropped into the 40s the other night so the water is going to get a little colder i'm gonna have to start thinking about uh getting me a winter wetsuit here soon let's uh let's grab this call let's go to virginia john welcome to the program
1: Hey, how you doing? Uh, tax question about working on the truck
0: on the weekends. Is that uh, tax deductible or is that all by dime? So, yeah, I get this question a lot. Here's the best way I can explain this. Any parts, supplies, tools, anything you buy to work on that truck, completely deductible. Mileage on your vehicle to go get parts or supplies or anything, that mileage is completely deductible. Your time. How much do you want to charge for your time? What is your time worth?
1: Yeah, I don't know. Do I go buy shops, rate? Right? You know, 90 bucks an hour or whatever it, they charge? Or, you it, know,
0: it's... It's your business, it's up to you. Pick a number. It's totally up to you. You get to charge right. anything you want in your own business. So, what are you going to pay yourself hourly to work on your truck? Okay.
1: No, something
0: I'd have to figure out that I'm Well, yeah, but there's more to it. So just pick a number so I can make my point. Pick a number, any number. Okay. All right.
1: All right. 50 bucks an hour. You know, I'm not a okay. certified
0: mechanic, so... Um, Perfect. You know. Perfect. Now, your trucking business gets to deduct $50 an hour as an expense. Your shop business now has to show $50 an hour as revenue. So, so it's, a, it's a wash. Either way,
1: it's going to be... Either you just, way, if you're trying to do yeah, it's a wash. Okay. You
0: yeah. just created a bunch of paperwork and a headache, and you got no additional deduction. As
1: long as I was complaining, I'm out there working on the truck all
0: weekend. No, I get it. <laughs> I, I, You know, I, I made the choice yeah. early on, even though I could work on the truck. I made the choice. As soon as I was able to, I stopped, you know, in the beginning I was under there right. all weekend and you know, you, you got to decide, you know, I decided I was going to do the accounting and run the business and let somebody else fix my trucks for me. So, um, but there was a time when I had to, I didn't have enough money to pay somebody else. So, but it, it the, the labor itself, we don't get to deduct because if we wanted to, we would just have to show it as revenue, and that would just be stupid, so we ignore it.
1: Right. Okay. All right. I why you go on that, because yeah, I know about the mileage and, and all of our, yep. uh, I keep track of all my mileage. Just
0: Perfect. Perfect. Yep. Then you're all set. Okay. That's
1: all, all uh, yeah, Thank
0: you. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. Let's go to North Carolina this time. Don, welcome to the program.
1: Hey, good
5: morning, Kevin. Uh, really good to talk to you today. I'm kind of, um, I've talked to you four, maybe five times over the last 18 months about pulling the trigger and going into an owner-operator, Okay, but I, I got a, I had a couple of things come up. Man, I sure enjoyed your callers today, though. These people really, I had to pause you, and then I learned I had to go back to the link because I couldn't full on pausing it without dropping the program, but to put in information on a note file for I bonds. And you got some great callers today that even make the show even Good. stronger for me. But uh, Good. anyway, Kevin, you, you told me uh, the, one of the times, you know, uh, we talked, I told you that my wife had traded in her heels and and turned them in for wheels and had become a team driver with me. And now we're out, we're up to about 22 months together, team driving for a company. And I've wanted to pull the trigger for uh, going into owner op. and I know that you and I have had some conversation about my favorite truck being a Freightliner. Mm-hmm. And then I was blown out of the water one day when I was listening to you, and you said if I were buying a truck today, it'd be a Volvo. And then being and then reading Joel Morrow's post on Facebook and and stuff, I've I've seen where th- that I I I torque truck that he's doing. It's kind of made me a little interested in a Volvo, but also so- then I. I ended up having a diagnosis of kidney cancer that ended up taking about 10% of my right kidney About uh, back in March. So I'm, I've had my 90-day, and I go and I go in December for my six-month checkup and scan, and then I probably want to get a nine-month, so I can't even move quite yet. But my gosh, I so want to jump off the <laughs> line and, and go forward. So Do you have any guidance for yeah, me? I mean, yeah, I, had a, like, I had a dealer last time I talked to you. You said... You said you want to get an oil sample, engine, transmission, front differential, rear differential. I presented that to a dealer, and he said to me, Kevin, Don, I don't have enough bandwidth for you. I got people standing in line wanting to buy trucks for me. And then my assessment of the market is watching truck locks start to fill up as my wife and
3: I continue <laughs> yeah, to be company
0: right. drivers in right. the
5: OTR capacity going, wow, so, trucks are going to come down in price. What do you think about all this stuff?
0: So, Don, let me ask you this. You and I talked several times. We've talked before about this, and I told you to hold off, right?
5: Yeah, I think so, yeah. So it, I, you, we, I don't, the last time the market was in good, really good shape, and that we talked and you were having those guys come in from truckstop.com or whatever. And they're oh, like, yeah. you see a pretty bright yeah, load but, future. But now yeah, I think it might short, have fallen
0: off some. But short-term future. I mean, since 2017, I've been telling people, hold off. Because i felt like we've been at the top. Yeah. Now, the top lasted a long time because of COVID and government money and all kinds of other crazy stuff. So we're in a weird place but my advice is still going to be the same. It's not time yet. It's time to get ready. And, you know, really, you know, read more books, take more online courses, ask more good questions, shop for trucks. So, you know, the market, um, really, really Mm -hmm. get your business plan down in writing, take your time. That that's the beauty of this right now. You don't Mm -hmm. need to be in a hurry. In fact, the more time you take on each step right now, the better off you're going to be. You have another huge advantage in this husband and wife teams. It's so much easier to make money. It just is. I mean, that, that that's a well, that is a and, and big advantage on the business side of things.
5: But, and I've, I've, I've been, uh, you know, I've taken your free course and then my wife bought me for Christmas a couple of years ago, your, the, the course with the CD and the workbook and we've worked through that and, worked and through we, it again. we don't actually have it all in writing because she, yeah, that's what I was going to say. work through it again. I, now these trucks don't have CD players in them. And, and so, <laughs> the, so they, I have the, to figure out a way to get it over the, onto my phone at home, but to li- re-listen. The,
0: the course is also completely online now. So everything is online. Yeah. So work through that whole thing again, every chapter, get it all in writing. If you have it in writing, tweak it, do it again and take your time. You you are in a really good position right now. You really are there. Six months from now, trucks are going to be cheaper. There's going to be more freight available and you're going to find yourself in a really good position.
5: Well, I was listening to that caller before that a few minutes ago that said, "Hey, I told my wife when you're buying online, just buy four times worth of it." And because, and I, I heard you say one time, "Hey, when you buy stuff right now with hyper, or maybe not hyperinflation, but such inflation, it could actually." And I'm like, "Gosh, am I holding off too long? Am I missing out?" No, Is this
0: truck no, not, yet. No. No. I, not No, not yet. Fifty grand next week. No. Not yet. Not no. yet. Okay. Yeah. Price prices okay. are then, coming and then, down Kevin, on you've trucks. you a freightliner. Yeah, so let me go back over that because I do want to go back over that. Here's the history on, um, I actually started buying Volvos in the early 90s and loved them. Mm -hmm. Talked about Volvos for years all through the 90s. Volvo was one of my big sponsors on my seminars for years. The reason that changed, the only reason it changed was I bought my last new Volvo on the last day you could order it with a series 60 in it when Volvo dropped the Detroit engines and they dropped it because Freightliner bought them. So, you know, Volvo didn't have any choice when Volvo could no longer put a Detroit engine in their trucks. That's when I stopped buying them because to me, as much as I loved the Volvo truck itself, I wanted that engine. I wanted a Detroit. So at that point, the only trucks you could buy with Detroit engines were owned by um, Freightliner. So Freightliner, Western Star, uh, thats that was it. So I had to make that decision. I didn't mm-hmm. like the truck nearly as much, but I wanted that engine. Then when, you know, we started doing the show with Joel and I started learning about the Volvo engine technology, I tried. When the Volvo engine first came over to the US, I tried to work with it. It was horrible, I couldn't figure it out, couldn't get any fuel economy out of it, didn't have any power, nobody liked them. So I kind of gave up on them. Um, Then when, when I started working with Joel and I started to understand how different the architecture of that engine was and why we had to spec it very differently, but if we did, that's a really impressive engine. So now that I've got an engine, I'm happy with that Volvo. Oh hell yeah! If I were going to buy a new truck today, it would be a new Volvo with the Volvo driveline.
5: And, and well, one of the things that, that I've been partial to these Freightliners because that's what I've driven as a company driver this whole time, and they're a little bit—they're a little bigger, especially with us teaming together. The space is is so important. Um, but I, one of the things I remember in the course in the in the paint course that my wife had got me for christmas is you know as you're specking a truck you know if you're in a team operation you know have to be putting more miles you might you want maybe you wouldn't want to buy as old of a truck a little bit newer truck and and i just got to thinking i wonder you know i, I ran into an owner operator last night as i or, or yeah last night who was waiting to deliver this morning where i was delivering at one of my company's yards and he said yeah this load paid me from seattle to richmond paid me $6,000. And I told my wife this morning, I said, we could have made that, we could have made that run in two and a half days and made $6,000. And this guy was complaining that he would have made 11,000 on this run a year ago. And now he's only making 6,000. He was disappointed. Well,
0: uh, and not, I thought, hold hmm, on. Not I only need to work the
5: numbers again, let me.
0: Yeah. Well, not only was he disappointed, what? those are the people that are in danger of going out of business. They got in and thought that you know eleven thousand dollars is the way the world works, and it doesn't. And they didn't. They didn't yeah. ask yeah. all the good questions that you're asking. They didn't take a course. They ha- they're not taking their time. Those are the people who have bought trucks in the last three or four years that are going to struggle. Anybody buying trucks now right. is really right. going to struggle because now they're they're starting at a worse point. Prices are too high. So six months. I, I'm, I'm thinking six months, I'm going to be helping an awful lot of people find used trucks.
5: Okay. Okay. Well, my company pays my well, wife and, and I. Let, and with let's, that, again, I had that I Let's think about one more, so let, I, I think think about one more thing
0: when it comes to truck prices. Uh-huh. E, as crazy as it sounds, I just reported that September, we just set a record for truck orders. You know what that means? Those are all fleet orders. And every Model one of those fleets is going to be all, turning in all their used trucks, right? So, used truck prices are going to go down.
5: Uh, my company, my company has is a debt-free company with five thousand trucks in their fleet. They had no trucks for sale along uh, a few months back. I went, we hit a deer about uh, about two months ago, and we had to go to our uh, one of our yards to get a new truck. They put us in a truck with fifteen miles on it, and they had. Sixty trucks that were being decommissioned, ready for sale. There you I was go. Like what? Yep. What? That's, that's and they what's have them happen. on the company's website. And even yeah, they try to actually help our drivers if we decide to go on or try to help us get into one.
3: That's which, excellent. You know,
5: sometimes we can actually talk to the driver with a uh, history that's, on it and knows the right. truck number or whatever can can give us. Yeah, that one's been a great truck. You that's
0: know, excellent. That yeah. I
5: just don't know if her, her and I being being a team would. Would be, you know, biased hey, to step into a truck with 550,000
0: miles on it? or let, let me give you my take on this. If, a, you, if you came to me right now and it's six months from now, prices are where we think they should be and you call and say, you know, what kind of truck should I buy? I would not be afraid of putting you in a truck with a million miles on it. Wouldn't bother me at all. As long as it's the right price. If it's got a million miles, I better get it at a yeah. really good price. And if I do, well, then I can afford in a year or two to do an in-frame on it if I have to. So I don't worry about that. I mean, right. It, it, right. honestly, if I find that, a really solid that, truck at 1.3 million miles, I, I'd buy it. It's not going to last me as long. We'll end well, up replacing it, but I'm not going to pay much for, for it me. either. Yeah, go ahead. That
5: brings up one more question for me too, Kevin. And, and, and I know you and I both have a history from the Atlanta area. i got my buddy that owns a shop up in Roswell been featured on the front of Atlanta Magazine two different years as the best place in Metro Atlanta, which you know there's a lot of shops there to have your car repaired. I never, ever question whether it's 100% perfect when I take my vehicle there. And I get the same gut feeling when I listen to the Power Hour and the people that you engage on Tuesdays with Pittsburgh Power. And I think, hey, I end up in a Freightliner... I know that I can run through there and get top not. I can route through there and get top notch care in the truck. Well, well watched, like keeping a finger on its pulse. And I don't necessarily have that feel about the rest of the country, but then I don't have that feel with Pittsburgh power because Bruce doesn't seem to be, I don't, I, he said before on the programs that, that Volvo doesn't work with them as well. And so I, while I love Joel, the fact that Joel will actually work on it with you as a consultant, helping you source, inspect the right truck for your operation on a Volvo line. Uh, you know, I, I miss so, the fact that I wouldn't be able to route through necessarily for care from the Pittsburgh power thing.
0: Yeah. So I mean,
5: I've here's listened to you guys, with them and I just really, here's a
0: them. great, here's a great example of how not being in a hurry right now can be to our advantage. So, I'm gonna, I'll i use myself as an example. Let's say that I'm I'm in your position right now. I'm starting to put this business together. I'm going to pull the trigger within the next six months to a year, and I'm trying to decide what truck should I be looking for. Well, my first choice will be a Volvo, a well-specced, turbo-compounded Volvo, not new. It's going to be a year or two old, maybe even three or four. I'm going to go back as far as I can to get that turbo-compound set up. And what I would do right now is I would be working with Joel. I would find the shops that he recommends. I would figure out where they are. And I may even go take that vacation tax deductible and go visit that shop and say, I'm thinking about becoming an owner operator. I'd really like to buy a Volvo truck, but I want a good shop I can build a relationship with. And you start talking to them. And maybe we'll find one that works into a good lane that you'd be able to go to on a pretty regular basis. If I started that process and I just couldn't find the right shop, it just didn't feel right. I couldn't find a shop. It's not in the right place. Well, then I might switch. Okay, let's go spec a Freightliner then. You know, because now I can make Pittsburgh power my shop and I'll get there often. And so Joel and I have both talked about that and both said as much as we like that truck, if we couldn't get a good shop, we would look at a different truck.
5: So Joel's probably got an inside look at that because he's been so well in tune to all their specs and what have you.
0: Well, Joel has the you know the, the benefit of the shop right there at their company that he can use, and they, they know Volvo's inside now because oh, that's okay. all they've bought and spec for years. So he's got he has that advantage. He's got the inside scoop at a lot of dealers, but but again, you have time. You have time to say. Right. Let's go look. Let's talk about it. Let's see if there's a shop I can build a relationship with. And if there's not, then plan B is, okay, let's look at the next truck we would like to own. Can we find a good shop for them?
5: Well, it looks like it's going to work out timing-wise with my medical checkups. I got my six-month eval and new, another, another CAT going on in December, January, and then probably about April. And my wife will meet for two years in the business on In January and so far, we've uh, we've adjusted pretty well to tiny home living. We run twenty one days at a time and go home for five.
3: That's awesome. And and our
5: company is phenomenal to work for. So it's been an incredible training ground to work in and and to to work, you know, to work under their umbrella and have that kind of as like a safeguard while we continue to investigate the future stream.
0: You have all of the advantages. You know, I, I predict a lot of times when I'm talking to people who's going to succeed as owner operators and who's going to fail. And I'm pretty good at it. I, I can predict this pretty accurately most times. Uh, I will say right now, when you decide to do this, you'll succeed. You have all the advantages. Oh, thank you. Thanks now you—you you really that. do. You're—you're you're asking good questions. You're looking at all the important things. You're looking at timing. It's a husband and wife team. You're already doing it. I, there, there's. It. It would be almost impossible for you to fail if you just keep doing what you're doing.
5: <laughs> well, you know, you know that you know that term that realtors sometimes use when they're trying to help a person find a house with analysis paralysis. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like they just can't find exactly that right place. I kind of feel like I'm such I'm wired as a person with such a level of caution. I'm like, am I being lizard brain about this or am you, I being it, my normal, cautious self to make sure and cross these and dot eyes?
0: You know, here's the thing I would say about that. I'm the exact opposite. I, I tend to be too impulsive, too impatient. I have to work really hard to control that. For me, I'm a risk taker. Um what tends to happen so in in one sense you're far better off with with your personality you will not fail and that's just what i just said just just from talking to you i just said you're not going to fail and you're not i'm more likely to fail in a new uh, uh venture than you are because i'll take far more risks that that's just me you're being very very cautious and at some point, you do have to pull the trigger if you want to succeed. But I can tell you, when you do, you will right. succeed. Well, that's
5: great to hear. That's great to hear. I, I was a retail manager for thirty years.
0: That's I a store excellent experience. For a wholesale club, for excellent experience. And, and
5: one of them even actually had a Michelin shop in it. So when I listen, you guys talk about about air pressure and stuff, I'm like, man, some of this stuff from when I went to Michelin school right. is coming back to me. You know, they have a school where they take retailers to in, in, uh, in South Carolina at the Greenville and let you, and, uh, and you know, teach you about tire and sidewalls and pressure and all that. And then they actually take you, or at least when I went to it, they let you go out out to this place on their property where they bought a closed down Air Force, and they let you take three different yeah. tourists. Or a ride, a white one, a red one, and a blue one with different. And, and you get the here's the cones. Go as fast as you want to through, through there, and I, it's such a, such a such a fun outing. But
0: I I spent a week there, had an absolute ball. Oh not, wow! Not only did I get to do the car tracks, like you said, um, we did it in three different Mustangs. Um, we got to do like the the wow. ro- Yeah, we got to do kind of the road race course. We got to do the wet track which was a big oval that has the biggest uh, sprinkler system I've ever seen in my life. They flood the track and you go out and test everything wet. Uh, so we got to test the difference between duels and wide singles. Um, when we did that, when we did it in a straight truck, like a 26 foot straight truck and we would take the straight truck okay. out on the wet track and you would drift it. You, you would, the, the whole point was to crash the truck. So you would push and push and push and wow. keep going faster and faster each lap until you actually started to break traction in the corners. And then you could see the duels and the wide singles would break traction at almost the exact same speed. But the difference was the wide singles were much more controllable. The duels kept trying to snap oh, back real hard. And the wide singles, you could put it into a nice controlled drift. Uh, we got to do a track where Bob tailing. uh, No, it was a 26 foot straight truck. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So it was actually very easy to control in a drift because it's so long. It's really hard to, you know, completely spin that thing out. Um, then we got to do. You were
5: treating a, it like you were out there in a Subaru or out there in a exactly, Miata or something. right. Were yeah, right. we were literally running it so hard to see if you could lose traction.
0: Yeah, we were drifting them and then seeing if you could. And, and uh, several times you would just lose control completely, spin out backwards, all kinds of crazy stuff. We took a uh, wow. tractor trailer flatbed loaded with 80,000 pounds and we they had a big long oval with two long straightaways and on the straightaways we would they had cones set up and they would force you into a high speed lane change like if you didn't turn sharp enough to make the lane change you just wiped out all the cones if you did turn sharp enough to make the lane change we were doing like 65 you could feel the the tractor sliding out from under you that was a really scary feeling At that speed to feel uh, making such a hard lane change. Uh, And again, we got to test the difference between wide singles and duels. Um, What else did we get to do? We got to just, uh, just a ton of stuff on the tracks. We, I had a ball doing that.
5: They they let, they let us observe mounting those tires on those big, big 18 wheeler sides. You know, those big truck tires. We, uh, we only got to drive the little four horses, but we still had a blast. And again, you know, there's certain takeaways that'll pop into my head. Like, under if you take one thing away today, underinflated tires kill people. Yep. And I have yep. been in my semi truck here, and I happened to look out my rear window one time at my at one of my passenger side uh, axles on the trailer, and right when a tire blew. Oh wow! And the person in an SUV next to me lost their lane. It scared them so bad. Oh, I'll bet. And immediately that said to me. You check this uh, this tire pressure all the time and make sure it's right because these underinflated tires, even on your vehicle, will kill somebody else because it scare them so bad. Yeah, you know, and, yeah. and it just it, it's been been such a so many little takeaways from those things over the past life. Good. Kevin, it's been Good. a pleasure talking to you today because I mean I don't uh when you were on the other uh, format it was tough to sometimes get so many questions and i really appreciate the fact that you're offering the the platform that you are now and you're archiving the, the messages where we can actually um you, you know go back and listen that's awesome
0: you, you know it's one of those things that um i i don't know why i just didn't do this three years ago honestly wow that, well, it, it's just tough that to give that, that up. You, you know, right. that, that, that was a big deal. The contract that's serious, I worked hard to get that ahead of for a lot of years, worked hard at it, you know, was, was, uh, pretty grateful when I got the better hours. And, but honestly, now that I'm doing what I'm doing and looking at it, I just, we should have just done this three years ago.
5: And you've always got the mobility, too, of being, like you were saying, you're getting getting ready to go south for the cooler
0: months. Oh, yeah. And
5: you can just keep right on broadcasting every day right from your coach?
0: Yep. Yep. You know, I'm taking a trip. I'll be gone, I don't know, maybe two weeks. I have two speaking engagements back-to-back. I have one in Memphis and then one in Nashville. Uh, And I'm going to take the train there. I'll probably fly back. Um, I haven't decided for sure yet, but more than likely I'll fly back. But I'll be gone I don't know, ten days maybe total. Ten days to two weeks, uh, but I'll take my equipment with me and and I'll keep broadcasting. So we're uh, we're we're pretty happy with this. And I think you know, from a listener's point of view, um, no commercials, which I think is just awesome. And everything we do now is available forever. You know, it's funny. I'm looking across the river, the train that I'll be taking. Huh. Um, at the end of the month is just going by the opposite way. It's heading west now into Portland, but I can see it. It's right across the river. I can see the Amtrak when it goes by in the morning. That's the train I'll be on. Wow. Hey, Kevin, can I,
5: I, when I click on the link in the text message you send me, I don't think I've shared that with my friends that are also drivers. Can I just copy and paste that or do they have to download something for it to they, work in their in their smartphone? Can they just click the link?
0: I don't know what's going to happen if they click that link and they don't have the app downloaded yet. That's the only I'd have to go try it myself. So I just don't know. Um, okay. Yeah. So they do need to download our app, but I don't know what will happen if they click mm-hmm. on a link before they have the app.
5: Okay, well, I'll tell them to tell him to keep working on it. But again, thank you, Kevin. I am uh, coming up on my exit here to, in Raleigh, and uh, and and again, so much information. I appreciate you giving me the time and and covering so much with me. And I'm I'll just hold tight and watch things unfold over the next.
0: There you go. Months. There you go. Call me every week. We'll talk about it. All right, Kevin. All right, take care. All right, man. Have a good day. Talk to, to you now. soon. All right. So I think that's uh, that's gonna do it. I think I'm gonna get my gear together and head down to the river hoping for a big wind day today. I'll, uh, I'll let you know tomorrow. We'll see you then. It, uh, the power hour tomorrow, the pit this week will be a recorded podcast. I don't have a time set for that yet. We'll let you know, be safe, be profitable, be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey.